Main Street to Wall Street. Global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. From the backyard to the big box, today's guest knows a little about disruption. Jay Steinfeld bootstrapped Blinds.com from an idea in his garage to an early e-commerce powerhouse, eventually selling it to Home Depot in 2014. Jay tells the story of his rise in his new book, Lead from the Core, The Four Principles for Profit and Prosperity. Jay, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Jeffrey, thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you. You're known as the founder and CEO of Blinds.com, but you built your business story with mufflers and transmissions. Can you explain that? Well, mufflers, but not really even mufflers, franchises. I was the vice president of Meineke Discount Mufflers when there were originally 35 shops built to about 800 or 900, and we were in the franchising business. I, I learned about how to replicate systems at Meineke. And one of those lessons was I was able to take what I built even at Blinds.com, a technology platform, and used it to move into other product categories. I was a CPA at the time. I went into accounting because I wanted to be into business, but I hated accounting. I never liked accounting. I always <laughs> knew I wanted to be into business. What taught you in accounting that said, no way, I don't want to do that? Well, you're counting other people's money. Yeah. I, want, I want to make my own money. <laughs> I don't like to just watch things. I want to participate. I want to be active. I want to build something. And in accounting, you're just watching other people build things. I really wanted to be a participant. So how did you get from Meineke? All right, you're working in the franchise business, and then you come up with Blinds.com. How did you get started, and how big was your first mover advantage in this marketplace? Well, the two questions. I, I got into it because at Meineke, we wanted to... Since we were so successful franchising muffler shops, we thought we would franchise other types of businesses. And we looked at the window covering business. The company was sold to GKN, Geskin, and Edifolds. And then they said, no, we don't want to franchise. We sell uh, mufflers. We want to just stay in the muffler business. So I got fired and we all got fired. And uh, we decided, you know, that muffler was great, but now let's go into the window covering business. So we went into the window covering business uh, after I was fired and it worked out. We had a little mom and pop shop, my wife and I, I was the pop. And then that was 1987 and 1993. We'd heard about something called the information superhighway. And the internet. (laughs) That's Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what email is, no broadband, no Amazon, no Google, but Went online in 1993, really just as an experiment, had no idea what the internet was going to be. I had no idea what I was going to be. It was just a marketing experiment to see if I could look progressive to my customers, that I had the latest technology. We didn't sell anything online. And then the next year, 1994, Amazon comes out and we say, you can sell stuff online? Huh, let's sell blinds. And everybody, of course, said to me, That is a ridiculous idea. People can't see it. They can't touch it. They've got to measure it themselves. They've got to install it themselves. And I said, what is the downside risk? So for $3,000, I set up a site to make buying blinds and shades a no-brainer. We called it No-Brainer Blinds, the world's most popular and trusted online source for blinds. 
because we were the only ones selling. Only source, right? The, right, the exactly. only source. So it thus makes you the category leader without question. Right. As far as being a market leader, it was good for me because I knew nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. But it was a way for me to experiment early when there wasn't a lot of money going into the business and certainly a lot of not a lot of money going into the window covering business because it, the, the addressable market was so small. Nobody thought there was a market. So that gave me an advantage. But there were a lot of people who came in after me that surpassed me and I bought them and we grew and we grew and we actually did become by far the world's most popular and trusted online source for blind. Blinds.com is by far number one in the world, especially with Home Depot. Yeah, well, that was a big that was a big coup right there. Congratulations to be able to see that. First of all, to make a transition is not an easy thing to do, to leave one to, to go into the other and even survive the business itself. Then to make the transition to online and then, of course, selling out to a big box store. All of those things don't normally go well for everybody. So you beat the odds all the way across. But I'm still perplexed. How did you decide blinds? I'm, I'm, was that your wife's idea? Was it really your idea? Window coverings? I mean, it's not something I would be sitting around going, mm, yeah, window coverings. That's what we should do. What, I mean, what made you decide on that? Let me get something very clear. I have no passion for blinds. I know blinds inside and out, but it wasn't like I decided blinds. I love blinds. I love window coverings. I want to beautify the world. I want to provide privacy, security, insulation, all those things. It was because at Meineke, that was just happened to be one of the categories that we looked at for franchising. Mm, And um, we just decided we'll do it. My wife started it. And then after that, since I was fired and I needed something to do, and I'd always wanted to be in business, I said, I'm a CPA. I'm perfectly suited to sell window coverings. And that's what we did. It's really just kind of luck that it happened to work out. Yeah, that's awesome. Let me take a quick break and we'll be right back after this message. Sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back and we're talking to Jay Steinfeld, who bootstrapped Blinds.com from an idea in his garage to an early e-commerce powerhouse. We're listening all about the history and how he moved from Key to Blinds.com into the big box at Home Depot and with a lot of success. Now, one of the things you were saying a few minutes ago, Jay, you mentioned that a lot of people say, oh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. I mean, How many times did you hear that as you went through this progression of starting your own business and then into the dot-com and then into the big box before you left? I heard it my whole life. I would say, I'm online selling blinds. And the first thing somebody would do is they'd look at me like, wait a minute, (laughs) 
those things right there on, on the window, like blinds. And then as I would grow it, they'd say, wait a minute, do you have employees? Do you have an office? I didn't get any respect. Finally, when I sold the company to uh, Home Depot, they started thinking, well, maybe he actually had a maybe business. He's got some, maybe, yeah. maybe he's going to make this thing. It's gonna... <laughs> Seems like it might have worked out okay. <laughs> That's kind of like the actor that goes to New York and the family doesn't pay any attention, but all of a sudden he wins an Oscar or an Emmy or a Grammy, and then everybody's starting to pay, or, or even a, maybe of a Tony. Let me ask you a question because I thought it was very unique. You also were a pioneer in digital content and marketing of sorts, you know, creating your own do-it-yourself videos when YouTube barely existed. Right. How did you come about doing that? What made you think of doing that? First, I, I don't think anything that I ever did was brilliant. It was just logic. If you want to show somebody how to install a blind, create a video. It's so much easier. There was nothing. It was just logic. So what I did is I hired somebody for, I think, $500. We created three 12-second videos of me installing the blind in my bathroom. And the videographer was the voiceover and he edited it and we put it online. We said, look, you take it out of the box, put in the brackets, slip it into the bracket. It's a no-brainer, no-brainer blinds and shades. That was it. That was the whole video. You can see them at jsteinfeld.com. I still found two of them. They're hilarious. I look at them. I've got hair, so they're pretty old. <laughs> so, and for those who are just listening, he, he might be a, a little hair challenge. So there we go with that. So <laughs> since you grew this company from the ground up, how did you build a winning culture? How did you go about building the team? Well, when I started, I had no idea what culture meant. Core values meant nothing to me. I thought they were just some squishy ideals that you'd put on a plaque, hang on the wall, and never think of again. But the year after I went full-time online, my wife, Naomi, had been married 25 years. She died of breast cancer. I had to be introspective and think about what makes me tick. And long story short, I came up with some thoughts as to what propels me, what is important to me, existential thoughts that people think of all the time. I felt like I needed to do it. How am I going to raise my kids? How do I be optimistic ever again? And came up with four. Turned out only one of them was true. But over time, it was important to me to think about it. And the, the things that we believe, the four E's about experimenting, evolving, expressing yourself, and enjoying the ride, all four of those are what I do. I wake up and that's what I do. And once I realized that, I embedded it into the culture. And everybody there knows that their job is just to get better and to become better than they ever believed possible. The purpose of, of Blinds.com was to help people become better than they ever believed possible. That's what I did. That's what everybody did. And if everybody is getting better, and if everybody is helping everyone else get better, you have excellence that is just happening automatically. It's like autonomous excellence. And that made it easy to lead because everybody was improving, not just themselves, but the processes, the, the customer experiences, the service providers, all of our stakeholders, our investors. Our job was to help everybody get better and, and the community, of course. So that's what we did. It was that culture that allowed us, this tiny little group of people with virtually no money, to do things that Home Depot and Amazon could never do. They never did. And that's why, ultimately, Home Depot bought us. 
Yeah, and I'm sorry to hear about your wife, Naomi. Do you think you would have found those principles, those values, if it hadn't been for that incident in your, in your life? Do you think you would have been as introspective? I mean, sometimes a lot of these times when we have something big occur in our life, maybe it's even our birth of our grandchildren or right. uh, losing a loved one or you know, maybe even losing our jobs. Do you think that's what was a catalyst to help you maybe introspective a little bit? Well, it was certainly the catalyst. The question as to whether I would have ever been enlightened and have been able to do what I did is a question that I'll never be able to answer. Mm. I don't think I would have. If I have to be really honest, I don't think I would have been able to do that. But I was forced into an inherently motivating situation that I needed to. I had to do that. So would I have done it? Would I have read a book and said core values are important? Well, I'd already read that but I hadn't done anything. I don't think I would have, to be honest. And, and it's, it's a difficult question because now I'm thinking, wow, the, the worst thing that happened to me in my life, my wife dies. Yeah. And that's how I was successful. That's hard to reconcile. It certainly is. You know, we have a, we have a lot of people in our hero club uh, and the C-suite network and their, their businesses are based on values. And we find that those values drive everything that they do. They have employees who are more engaged. They have customers who are happier. They have, Absolutely. you know, they, they gross more money. They net more money. They have vendors who want to do more business with them. Now that you see those values that you've got right there in the book, lead from the core, do you see those values now being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't have them before? Or maybe they were there and you knew they were there, but now that you have them, you, it's like night and day. They were there, but I wasn't conscious of them being there. It mm. took introspection and really understanding and looking deeply as to what was there, what was to be revealed. But once it was revealed, once we understood what really mattered, not what we aspired to be, but what we were, the business took off. And we, we said, we can become so much better than we, what, we, what we've been told we can be. And we did. We were able to do things that people said were impossible. Sell lines online, build technology that is now integrated into all the Home Depot stores, 2,200 stores that's embedded into an enterprise $140 billion company. That's hard to do. We did it. Amazing. Yeah. And that feels really good. Very good. That's amazing. And I, I, having been in a Fortune 50, Fortune 100 company, as an officer of that company, I know exactly what you're talking about and how difficult that is to do and to bring a culture into another culture and win with it. Hey, we want to take a quick break. We're going to be right back. And I'm going to ask uh, Jay a little bit about culture and how it plays into success. We'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back. Thanks for joining us right here on All Business with Jeffrey Is it right here on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. I'm talking to Jay Steinfeld. He is the author of Lead from the Core and the former CEO of Blinds.com and founder of that company as well. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about those key values and principles that drive each of us. I want to ask you, Jay, you know, since you grew this company from the ground up, how did building a winning culture play into that? We couldn't have done it without that culture. We couldn't have built technology unless we all believed that we could become better than we were the day before. It was about the evolution every day. Success for us was becoming better every day. That's how we define success. If we could get better, if we could help somebody else get better, if we could improve a process, a system, a customer's life, 
we were successful. And as a result, we were all every day, multiple times during the day, successful. It wasn't about selling the business or achieving a hundred or even a billion dollars of revenue. And once you had that type of attitude, although there's a lot of accountability because everybody knew they had to get better. It wasn't, we'd like you to get better. It was, you have to get better because how are we going to evolve unless we improve? How are we going to beat Amazon? How are we going to beat Lowe's and Home Depot? We had to become much, much better. And it was that culture, the four E's of evolving, experimenting, expressing ourselves and enjoying it and giving people a voice, giving people a true voice where they felt safe to speak up. Because how can you evolve unless you take some chances and you experiment? How can you experiment the right things unless you ask people for input? data. People weren't afraid of disagreeing with me, disagreeing with anybody, because we wanted to get to the truth. We didn't just want to be feel good. We wanted to be good. I love and I love the last E enjoying because you do have to enjoy the ride. Otherwise, why are you doing it? It's got to be a little fun, which I think is important. Let me ask you, as you made the transition into Office Depot, you had one culture, um, not Office Depot, Home Depot, I I used to deal a lot with Office Depot, so that always comes to my head when I think about uh, big box companies. But when you had one culture in Blinds.com, and then of course Home Depot had their own culture, how did that? How did that meld? Did it meld? Did you have to make some changes? What were those changes like? One of the great things that about Home Depot is they knew the reason that we were kicking their butt is because of our culture. And they didn't want to change that. Although, as you know, big companies just can't help themselves to do things that have unintended consequences, especially when it comes to culture. So they told me, Jay, if we do anything that's going to screw up that culture, please speak up. Of course, I expressed myself, no problem. So I had no problem with that. And what we did was we realized, so first we had the foundation that Home Depot wanted us to keep our our separate culture. But we also realized that we had two different types of culture. We were customer intimate and Home Depot, while they have an intimacy with customers, primarily it was organizational efficiency, operational efficiency. It was like a love language. Gary Chapman, I don't know if you know his five love languages. Oh, yeah. We basically accepted each other's love language and just said, you know what? You're going to be operationally efficient. We're going to be customer intimate. Let's just not mess around with the other because look, we're not going to change Home Depot and they didn't change us. We coexisted beautifully. And by the way, we became much better operationally efficient because of what we learned at Home Depot. And I think maybe we had a little influence over Home Depot as well. Let me ask you another question. You stayed there for seven years in the leadership team. That's that's almost unheard of as well. Usually after an acquisition, CEO might st- stick around for a year, maybe two, but I don't think I've ever counted on one hand they've studied around for seven years or even longer than that. Well, there was uh, a good reason for that. I didn't have to stay. I had no compelling reason, no technical reason to stay. I stayed because I wanted to. I stayed because I was excited about the vision of taking our platform, what we called Autobahn, and extending it to other product categories. That's something we always wanted to do. Uh, whether it be custom tables and chairs, irrigation systems, whatever. And with Home Depot, finally, we could do that. So I didn't want to leave until that vision had been achieved. So it took us a while to get there, 
but we did it. And once we were now doing countertops and sheds and storm doors and decks, it was, okay, it's time to leave. I've got my successor. I know that the core values are embedded into the company and everybody knows what that is. Oh, and I've written a book just to make sure that whoever is new will be able to see what the history was, what the core values are, why they didn't just come willy-nilly off of out of some other book that they're true to us so that those core values would continue forever. So it was time to go. I'd been there 30 years. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about 30 years about that, because in the book, you call yourself a serial entrepreneur, but you were at blinds.com for almost 30 years. Yes. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. It usually is it because you did all these other products is the way you no, looked at that? It wasn't about that. It's because when you evolve daily, you are different each day and your business is different each day. So I felt like I was leading a different business all the time because it mm. got more complex, it got larger, there was more supply chain, Every, everything just got different. So my role was different, the requirements, my skills needed to change because the business was changing. So yes, I am not a, just a creative person, I like to build something too. And when you build something and it's evolving and it's not stagnant, I looked at it as a new business and that's why I call it a serial entrepreneur. That's awesome. Hey, in less than a minute, because we only got a minute left, I want to ask you this last question, because in the book, you say you aren't retired, you're rewired. Right. Can you explain that? Yes. If, if you have those core values of evolving and experimenting and expressing yourself and enjoying the ride, well, you're going to continue to do that. So I started teaching at uh, the Rice Business School, graduate school. I got on five boards to help them, wrote the book. I've got my seven grandchildren, which I call my seven startups. So no, I'm very busy. I am not retired. I am not going to be stagnant. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep evolving. I'm going to see what I can do. I want to see what can I do before I die? What am I capable of? I want to see. Fantastic. Well, Jay, I think we're going to hear a lot from you and I'm glad to see you're rewired and not retired. You need great minds and great entrepreneurs just like you. Of course, folks, we've been talking with Jay Steinfeld, who bootstrapped Blinds.com from an idea into it in his garage to an e-commerce powerhouse, eventually selling out to Home Depot. Don't forget, he talks all about the story of his rise in his new book, Lead from the Core, The Four Principles for Profit and Prosperity. Don't forget to rush out and get it. Thanks so much for being on All Business with Jeffrey Hazett right here on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. What I learned today is the reminder about principles and values and how they drive you. And sometimes it even takes a bad incident like the loss of a loved one, as Jay mentioned, uh, with his wife, Naomi. We're sorry to hear that, but sometimes that leads us to other bigger things. And you find some real reason and purpose behind that. And of course, that was around his values, what it meant for him. What was he doing? How was he doing? What was the legacy he was going to leave? Those are the things that sometimes drive an entrepreneur to find their core you know, reasons for operating. And so that was the, the reminder for me today is to think about those things, those values that drive me every single day for my family, for my spirituality, for my friends, and certainly for all my family. All right, that's it for today. 
on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.